0: And joining me today on this very special uh, edition of the British Baseball Podcast, uh, the baseball family would like to welcome back Andy Brown, the fantastic artist. He's working on the the Negro Baseball League charity fundraiser uh, for the museum. Uh, Andy, how are you doing? Yeah, very good. Thank you very much,
1: Matt. Very busy. Uh, It's been a busy, hectic week and a lot more before that, planning it and getting everything together for the, the piece of work behind me here.
0: Yeah, oh, it's a fantastic. It's coming on nicely, that.
1: Yeah, today was um, Ray Dandridge. So I've just got Ray Dandridge down here in the bottom left. Um, so that's five players in. We've still got four more to go and four more to fit in. So it's, um, as ever with this sort of work, it's, um, yeah, you don't know what's coming next because I don't know which who the next player is going to be. So it's just a matter of trying to piece it together and try to make it compositionally make some sense. Uh, technically make some sense and to to hopefully reflect the history and the stories of these these
0: gentlemen yeah um, i've got a question that i want to ask you in in relation to actually um but before i do that uh, for people that haven't heard our episode before like early in the year uh, Andy was a guest when he spoke about his adventures across uh, america when he uh, painted famously painted all the the baseball stadiums uh, live Uh, so that's pretty much what you're famous for in sandy
1: yeah, that's, that's one of the things I'm probably most renowned for. But as you know, um, the pandemic has put a stop to my my ballpark painting. So I've been uh, in the UK and um, kind of had to alter things a little bit. So I've been doing more studio-based stuff. So I've turned my parents' hut in the garden into my studio and uh, I'm working here now.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a nice little tour that you gave us before of of the of the hut. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. It's bigger than my uh than my house. I used to live in. <laughs> Just I um. So, why is it, Andy, that you do what you do? How do you get involved in art? Uh,
1: I, d- I don't think you get involved. I think it's in it's it's involved in you. That that well, that's how it was for me. I feel like uh, from an early age, it was my thing and my my greatest interest. And it's just always been that way. You know, I've always painted, always drawn. Um, I guess I've always had a, a, an ability there. So, and I've, I've worked on that. And um, and that's, that's been my life, really. And, you know, I spent 20 years, just under 20 years teaching art. Um, 10 years overseas in South Korea, which is where I kind of learned about baseball and got into baseball. And um, started painting the ballparks. And, um, yeah, it's just a lifelong fascination, lifelong um, passion, really.
0: Yeah, this is, is this the third piece that you've done that's like that behind you? You did the Yankees one and the Dodgers piece. I've and done, now three, this done
1: three dream teams prior to this one. So I did an all-time... Because with the lockdown, at, at, when, I, when I first got back down here and it, the, the uh, lockdown came into effect... Um, I had to find something to do, really, and I started to think. Well, it'd be cool using Twitter and people's. I like the idea that in sport, everyone's got you know their own teams, they've got their own biases. You know, your favourite player. Um, you know, everyone has their own favourite player in whatever sport you follow, and it might be because you know you were eight years old at the time, so you thought that guy was the coolest guy or the coolest player on the team. It might be that they've done something really historic or, or really groundbreaking. So. Um, I always find that's quite interesting that 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 debate that we can have about who was the greatest. What does that really mean? And and then you then of course you have all the things to do with people's flaws and the the, the character traits where, um, you know the the our heroes and, and what that really means. So, um, so I started doing an all-time dream team where I got people on Twitter to suggest suggest um, who they thought was the best first baseman, second baseman, and so on, and then put them into polls, and then people were voting for them, and whoever won the poll would go onto the canvas. So I did an all-time dream dream team. A Dodgers one, a Yankees one, and then this is the Negro League one, which I've I've had in my mind for quite a while since I started doing it. I thought, oh, it'd be kind of cool to do a Negro League dream team. Um, but this Negro League uh, Baseball Museum's event that's just come up this October uh, was a perfect opportunity. Everything that I kind of wanted to try and do with this is, is it's all just come. Come around, so it's been it's been absolutely fantastic and incredible experience so far.
0: Yeah, you've got a really unique take on on how you are creating this piece as well, aren't you. Because um, I know for myself, my my knowledge on the, the Negro leagues um, plays and and the actual um, league itself is, is not that great, but you've you've come up with a really clever way of of uh, helping people pick their players. Design. It's not just a Twitter poll. You've actually got some experts in to to talk about it. Yeah, how, exactly. how did you how did you think about that one?
1: Well, it was, it was more. For, it was. It was. It was in some ways for my benefit as well. I feel like, um, you know, we all know as baseball fans. I feel like we all know a few players from the Negro leagues, and we know, but we know like the very best or the ones with the the best uh, nicknames or wherever it is. But there's, there's, we know just a few, and I feel like, and we talked about in the discussions that I've had. We never, we don't really know about the second best shortstop or the third best fourth shortstop or you know the the in between players. And I feel like there's. Uh, there's a lot that needs to be talked about there because, you know, the the top players were very, very, very good. But as I found out in the panel of discussions that I've had with the, um, the people, I've, I've been talking to uh, authors about the Negro Leagues, um, Sabre, Negro League Committee members. Um, two of the people on the panel that I've been talking to were responsible for the inductions at the Hall of Fame in 2006, the last set of inductions for the Negro League players into the Hall of Fame. So these people really know, you know, the histories and they really know the, all about the Negro League. So it's been really interesting for me to talk to them about um, all, all the players, but the suggested players and, and, and for them to present the cases for each player and why that player was was so great. Mm. And, um, you know, there's a huge amount to it. It's incredible. And, and, and that's, it's, it's for my understanding, but hopefully other people can see the videos and see the discussions and learn a little bit more themselves. And I feel like hopefully just broaden the the history and broaden the knowledge. Having taught art for like I say,
0: just under twenty years.
1: You know, I know the power of, of of a painting and what that can what that can teach and what that can do for people. So that's that. There's there's all those things in it there.
0: Yeah, and the really good thing about the interviews that you had as well is that it will outlast the project that we're doing because there's Absolutely, so much in yeah. there and, and discussions and, and about about these incredible athletes. Um, yeah, so it will stand the test of time. So it's kind of like a, a piece of art in itself it's it's
1: a really neat way of doing it and like you say yeah i mean the, the polls will be done the dream team painting this one will be done but the the actual discussions will be there and, and also the, the the three people i've got discussing their their expertise is is superb so it's, it's been incredible to have them on board and mm. you know giving me their expertise and their time and and sharing that with us all really
0: yeah um can you talk us through the process when it comes to creating this piece i know we touched on a bit at the start of the video when it comes down to this do you- do you have it in your head um, that the like you've already pre-selected the players that you're going to vote for? Yes. How do you sort of envision it on the count? Have you already got like scenarios played out in your head? So if if player one gets selected with player two and player three, so like a really crazy like math math equation. <laughs> no, my, my a, brain my brain
1: can't think that far ahead. I mean that would be that would be fantastic, but no, definitely not. Um, I guess you know I'm I'm, I'm a Like I said, like from from an early age, I've been into art. So I'm always looking at paintings and composition and um, you know, how paintings work. And and, you know, in teaching, that's what I was doing. A lot of that explaining to to students how how paintings work. So there's a few tips and tricks and from painting for, you know, ever since I was quite young, then I feel like I can use technical things and and little devices, mechanisms to kind of create a composition. So um, in my head, starting certainly, you know, I started, for example, I started with Oscar Charleston. He was the first outfielder voted in at the top here. So I've got him up there and he's looking into the canvas this way. So that just helps me set up the rest of the painting. I know that he's going to kind of act as a, a, a mechanism which will push, push the viewer, you guys, to looking over there. And then hopefully I've got somebody on this side, which I have now, which is uh, Pop Lloyd, who's looking a bit more... F- straight on but a little bit in as well which kind of brings you back in so what I'm what I'm trying to do is try and make it so that there's a there's a uh, continuation there's a kind of a relationship between all the elements that go in but it isn't it isn't necessarily easy to do and especially with these guys because there's not so many photos and the quality of the photos aren't as good Um, you know if I'm looking for photos of Babe Ruth then there's you know lots and lots and lots Um, but of course that speaks about the history as well so there's you know there's reasons why these things don't exist anymore so so it's a little it's very different and there's certainly not with these guys I'd say there's not as many photos of them in action as you'd get with Babe Ruth or or I don't know um, Ty Cobb or you know whoever else you want to talk about
0: yeah yeah that's really cool so you talked about the like the 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 power of color before what sort of things would you teach your your students when it comes down to that sort of thing
1: to do with color um well, I mean, it's huge. I mean, it's it's huge. You can you can, if you, if you want it. I mean, a general, very very basic one is that if you want to grab attention, then you you can use a hot color like a red, a yellow, an orange. Cool colors tend to recede. So, and also like I can play around with the depth of these players using the tone and the the detail as well. If you add more detail into something, it will come close to our, our attention. If there's something in the background that's not so well lit or it's or it's more blurry, it's gonna sit back. So again, I can start playing around with those sorts of things. But it's it's kinda of hard to do that when you don't know the overall composition or what's going to be in it exactly. But you can kind of I think with a bit of experience and, and looking at enough paintings you can kind of work out, okay, you can have a rough kind of strategy and then, then you've just but that It was always part of the fun because I never knew, I've never, it was not a normal way, or it's not certainly not for me a normal way to do a painting normally. I'd be at a ballpark, I've got the ballpark in front of me and I kind of work out how I want the painting to sit on the canvas and, you know, start adding things in. And prior to that, even then, you'd usually have a composition or a design or you'd, you know, somehow you'd have have everything you, you kind of need. There might be a few things that change on the way. But this is like, you know, you start off with one thing, one person, that you know, that's going in the first person who's voted in. And then after that, it's you don't know who's coming next. So it's just a matter of right. OK, what's what's the, what's the way I can try and get this together? Um, so there's 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 a load to it, though. I mean, it's it's I mean, I can't give you a short answer because it's um, I feel like it's, it's years and years and years and you have to do it. I mean, I feel like it's it's a lot of. Um, you, you practicing it and doing it yourself is, is really the only way to learn it and to really yeah. really understand it fully you know
0: okay cool that's cool um what in your opinion then is integral to the work of an artist
1: say again sorry mate uh,
0: what in your opinion is integral to the work of an artist
1: uh, i think you've got to mean it i think you have to mean it it's got to have um if you're not into it then don't do it and i feel like i feel like that with that in everything in life like if you're if you're not fussed then don't bother and I feel like if, you, if you're gonna paint and if you're gonna be an artist or you, you're gonna do this sort of work, then you've got to really mean it. You've got to mean it 110%. You can't, like, I can't, oh, but again, maybe that's just me, but I just feel like you can't do it half. Like it just won't work. Um, and and people will see it in the work. Like I don't think it, I don't think it works if, if, if you just half do it. Um, and there's a lot of pitfalls on the way with it. You know, of course there's, there's you know, you need to get paid, you wanna get paid, you need to survive. But if you do it just if you do it just solely for the money, then again, I feel like you're going to trip yourself up. It's got to be because you really love it and you really want to do it. I mean, I love just painting, and and I love like like you can't really see in the 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 screen here because it's it's a bit blurry though, I guess. But the you know I love the qualities of paint. Like paint is a, you know this material that you can mix and change the colours and change the tones. You can make it thicker. You can make it thinner there's all these beautiful qualities to it, which you can just play around with and you can mold and you can shape. And I can take, you know, this tube of blue paint or black paint and I can make it look like, you know, cool Papa bell or something. And it's that sort of thing of just being able to shape and create and mold. Um, you know, I find that, I find that quite fascinating and I love it.
0: Yeah. I think that's one of the things that amazes the most. Um, just looking at the work that you've done and looking at a piece in the background. So this is probably at the point, if you listen to this on the audio and the podcast, I'd probably say if you get a chance to watch this on the on YouTube, just to have a look at Andy's work because he has got it on display in the background, it's well worth doing. But it it does it. It's the one thing that's always amazed me about art is um, how something as simple as like a blob of paint can be turned into something like that. And it's the the, the skill that's involved in it is is incredible. It's, it's why it's art, I suppose. It's it's just mind blowing. It can be turned into anything
1: that's that's the thing i love about it is that you can do anything with it you can you can do it you can make a figurative painting you can make an abstract painting um you could be any age effectively you know it's 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 wonderful
0: yeah how would you best describe your your style What what um, like if, if you just describe yourself as an artist what how would you how would you describe yeah. it um i mean I'm,
1: I'm relatively traditional in my approach i guess you know i'm, I'm quite technical i'd i'd, I'd say um, but I, I always think that my, especially like the ballpark stuff, probably more than this, is a bit more impressionistic, expressive, expressionistic. Um, you know, using color to to uh, express emotions. Um, the impressionists like Monet and Manet and um, Degas and people like that. You know, capturing the moment, and that that was that's always very a big part of my work when I'm when I'm outside painting. I'd say with these these works, it's more studio based. You're building up this piece over time. And I was a big when I was a art student or a young art student. I remember 14, 15, seeing Lucian Freud. Um, I think he's the grandson. I'm not sure it's great grandson, but of Sigmund Freud. And if you see his paintings, the texture of the paint. He always talked about like the paint being like skin, and that's kind of how I feel like I go to here, where the brush marks and the texture is is really quite essential to it to make the uh, to make the face is really really a face. It's not just a painted surface. I want to make it actually really into a cheek and and, and really have some some feel to
0: it Do you use any particular are you oil paint or are you acrylic what what's your these, preferred?
1: these this is this is oil um i mean around me here i've got oils and acrylics and i do a lot of watercolor and gouache um i mean i draw a little bit as well but i i, I do whatever i guess it's whatever need is needed for the for the project or the thing because you know oils take a good couple of days to dry at the, at the very least um just to be touch dry i guess um so you can't be, and I was, but you can't really be traveling around too much with oils. But I have done it, but it's you know you get paint on the rental car and on your clothes and other fans and whoever else is near you. So it's it's a bit of a disaster. It can be, um, but yeah, I mean whatever whatever I need. If I'm in in my sketchbooks, then it's uh, watercolors mostly because you can they dry quick and you can fold it up and you can move on. Um, but it, it you know it varies on the the uh, the subject and also a little bit of my mood, but um, but mostly kind of depends on the practical reasons but oil paint for me you can't beat i mean it's got the longevity and it's got there's there's a lush quality to it so i love that as a a medium
0: what do you enjoy doing the most
1: probably oils Uh, probably oils but watercolor i mean yeah i don't know it doesn't really matter to be honest matt like um i do i love using oils but you know, if, 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 you, if you can give me a scene or something that inspires me and you can give me a pencil or a bit of chalk or whatever it is, I'll be all right. That'll be fine.
0: Do you ever do anything like um, with paint, like get a feel of it before you start using it? I'm not like finger painting, but like, do, is, is that an important thing to sort of know like the thickness and the quality of the, the materials you're working with or you just like uh, sleep it on it goes?
1: I guess you, you probably have that feeling through your brush. You know I, 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 you know when you 're mixing the paint or when you 're getting the paint or when i 'm putting it on the canvas then I'm, I can then start control it's, you know it 's all generally you know I feel like you you start the painting off and then you have to start correcting all the mistakes you 've made and you 're just pushing paint around and it's just but it's that it 's that art of, of getting the right you just want to get the right movement or the right like stroke of the paint where, where it just works and, it, and and you might spend i don 't know a good few hours and it just won 't work and then all of a sudden it 's just there and it 's just how you wanted it to be. Um, Or it just sits well with the rest of the painting. Sometimes you have a really great piece, but the rest of the painting or or sorry that you might do something really really well But it just doesn't work with the rest of the painting. So You have to kill that bit off and you have to you have to rework that bit so it's um um, Technically, it's that's I think that's why you, you never stop learning with it. There's there's never a there's never an end point I don't think.
0: Yeah, how do you keep on top of your game then?
1: Just keep doing it. I mean you can't you can't talk about it um you, you can't just talk about it. I mean, you have to do it. If you, if, you want to, if you want to be good, then you've just got to do it. You've got to do it and you've also got to look at artists. I've always, you know, I'm, I'm surrounded by my books here and you've got to keep looking at, you know, you've got to keep looking at other artists, keep looking at Picasso. How did he make those lines? Like you just, you just got to keep doing that sort of thing. Um, and, and finding new artists, finding new people that inspire you, um, new ways of working, being open, I guess as well. But all of those, those sorts of things.
0: That's cool. Um, so with, with your, your stadiums and, and your, your portraits, which you prefer doing most, stadiums or your portraits?
1: Um, you know, they're both good. I'm trying to think, what would I prefer? I like both. They're very different, Matt. I mean, they, they, I love the, you know, you know, the stadium work. We've talked about it before. I love being in the stadium. I love being at an event. I love that atmosphere. I love the noise. I love the smells. I love all that sort of thing. Um, when I'm in here, it's a small environment that's surrounded me is, is, is my, are my books and my other easels and my other paintings and my music or my podcasts, British Baseball Podcast, very good one. Um, you know, and, and, and I've got this environment that I can control and I've got my and – it, and it's mine and I can – be. it can be very, very quiet, it can be very, very noisy, it can be very messy, it can be very tidy, it can be whatever I want it to be and um, it's a very different approach. It really is. It's completely different. Like this – like, you know, we're talking about this has been – pretty quick and it's been I don't know six days or something and it'll probably take I don't know it's going to take another five days at least I mean it's, this is this is going quick for one of these paintings this is going quick I'm going to ha- I'm kind of ha- trying to push it for this for this event um but whereas the stadium paintings it's done in one shot it's done in one one sitting at the games and yeah. you know it's, it's such a different approach and, and there it's all wet on wet it's all, all the paint's wet here I can let the paint dry I can scrape it off a bit if I want I can go back over areas this isn't all finished yet. I mean, there's, there's still... Ray Dandridge still needs some work on him. But, you know, there's bits down here where you can see Oscar Charleston's legs kind of coming through the shirt of, of Cool Papa Bell. And, you know, I might paint over that, but again, I'm not sure. I kind of like the idea that, you know, the more I've learned about these players, the more, you know, the, the experts have talked about how all these guys are related to each other in terms of they mentored each other, they played on the same teams. They're obviously very, very close to each other. So I feel like... This the, the history of these guys is, is is so like woven together. And again, I kinda like how that works in the paint, you know. So so there's there's decisions that I have to make as I go along.
0: Yeah. Has there been any player that, that you sort of really wanted to be on there that's not been on there yet? For either um, uh, like this been you know, really well, good or or yeah. just like the way you know, for the painting?
1: There's there's yeah, there's definitely there's. It's not that I wanted one more than the other, but there's there's certainly been players that I thought, wow, their story was fantastic, or they're really interesting, or, you know, I, I feel like there's Chino Smith, and you know, he was, he was outstanding. When you talk about him, or you look at his, I've got his stats here. So his slugging was six five nine, but he died very early. He died at about thirty one years old, so he only played, I think, was for about seven years. But he was superb. I mean, superb. The 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 panel of experts who I was talking to were saying about how how good he was. And he would have been sure felt, uh, he would have been easily in the Hall of Fame if it hadn't probably been for his early death. But So you, you have players like that, but I'm, I'm just glad that we've had the chance on the conversation to talk about him and to and hopefully you know i think you might know his name now and i just feel like well that's one more person who knows his story knows his name knows about this incredible player there's yeah. the cuban players as well that we've talked about like uh, martin de higo who who you know i was in cuba last year and I, I loved it and and you know it was really cool to have some cuban players coming on the painting or, or to be suggested for the painting um and hear more about their history and how they how they got from you know from cuba into the negro leagues um so it's good just to, just to, for my knowledge, and I feel like for the the history, hopefully it just broadens it and opens it up even more.
0: Yeah, what is it then that the, the Negro leagues mean to you? I think
1: it's a lesson, isn't it? I think it's a, there's a, there's a big story there, and there's a big lesson. Um, you know, it's it's important that these stories are remembered. And you think, you know, in the the political climate, even at maybe at the moment, you feel like you know it's it's there's there's um, there's so many stories within these. Within these these players' lives and and the, what that endure and go through, and I think it's really important to remember those things and talk about them and understand them and, and hopefully learn from them. Um, yeah, I think that's 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 to me. I feel like you know it's it was uh, you know you got some incredible players, but the the situations and the 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 fact that it was the way it was was was. Um, you know, in some ways, like very sad, of course. So, 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 yeah. I think, I think that's it. I think it's the, it's the stories. It's, 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 it's the lessons we can learn, and hopefully, we're better for. And that's, that's what that would be my hope.
0: Yeah. Listen to the saber experts talk. Have you found yourself with any new favourite players from what they've told you? You know,
1: well, to be honest, all of these guys and, you know, everyone we talk about, you know, it's all, you know, there, there's, there's, I didn't, I mean, I didn't realise how good some of these guys were and, and you know, how highly rated they were. And I think, who is it? Pop Lloyd, you know, Babe Ruth said, Pop Lloyd up here, yeah. uh, Babe Ruth said he was the best player you ever saw. And it's, it's things like that, which you just think, wow, like that's, that's Babe Ruth saying that. And then you've got the, the Bill James um analytics who, who he said that oscar charleston was the the fourth best player ever behind uh, willie mays and babe Ruth and onus wagner um you know chino smith we talked about but there's um yeah i mean it's, it's just fascinating to me it's just another gold mine of information and, and, and intrigue and stories and it's just it's an incredible uh, incredible learning experience
0: yeah how did you get involved in in the project
1: I, I got a, a message from from the coordinator, Mister Tad Richardson, at Curveball Keepsakes on um, Instagram. So check that out. Um, so he got in touch and he kind of told me about it. And yeah, I was in. I, I, I but I wasn't sure I was going to do one of these paintings because I just I, I really wanted. I was hoping I wanted to have um, somebody who had the knowledge to be able to share the knowledge and, and educate because because I, I didn't want it to be coming from me because you know I don't know or I didn't know much at all and i'm still learning you know i've still got a huge amount to learn i still don't know much so i wanted i wanted to have the i wanted to have that that support where there was somebody who actually knew what they were talking about kind of telling us about these these players because again i just didn't think it would be right otherwise so um so to begin with i didn't know if that'd be possible and at times it didn't look like it was going to be possible and it's all come around it's all working and it's been brilliant
0: yeah yeah i know what you mean that about the um but when I, when I was asked if I'd like to do some interviewing for it, I was like, yes, definitely. Because I don't know enough. And I'm kind of embarrassed by it. But at the same time, I sort of, thought, well, my sort of, I'm going to say something really daft now. My specialist field, and I'm doing a little quotation marks, is British baseball. And I've, mm-hmm. never, I've never really sort of ventured that deep into the history of um, the, the Major League and, and the Negro Leagues. I was aware of it, but it was not something that I was, like, actively seeking out. Yeah. But now I've had a taster. Yeah. I'm, I'm at the buffet table of knowledge. And it's like, I want more courses. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about it is that you can't help but, but want to know more about these yeah. stories of these athletes. And yeah. so for, for me, it's become this thing where I was like I didn't really want to get involved because I, I was a bit like, I don't know the players. But, so that's why I came with the angle like with what I do with my show.
1: Yeah, right. Because I
0: can ask people and I can learn on the job. Right. And I'm really glad that I did because some of the things that I'm finding out is just like, yeah, and right. it, it, and 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 these these players do deserve to have the the time in the sun. I mean, for me, it was I, I knew like of um, Papa Bell and Satchel Page. but that that was like literally it. And it's like I couldn't name yeah. anybody else. And now, yeah, yeah. I, I, like you said before, I'm, I've got like a I've got all these videos at my disposal and. And There's so much more out there now and it's and it 's documented and like I said your, your videos will stand the test of time because it it 's not dated it's it 's all accurate information from experts and it's really interesting as well i'll make sure that I put links to the to oh, the channel yeah. in, in the yeah. show notes so that people can watch it so even if you' have had a chance to vote on on andy 's work, you can go back there and just look at the the amazing stories and get involved so it's it's really cool um so so let's go back to you for a couple of minutes who have been your biggest influences in your work um,
1: well kind of the people that i talked about before really i mean lucian freuds um, all the impressionists or not all the impressionists but you know um, monet and and van gogh and
0: harry Enfield. i was
1: thinking about rembrandt earlier like there's a there's a very famous painting by rembrandt of uh, it's called the night watch and it's uh, I you know, I was going to look at it before this because I've been thinking about it the last few days. But it, it's just it's a whole group of, of, of uh, a night watch in, in, in Amsterdam in the mid 1600s, I guess. And there must be about, I don't know, 20 or faces, individual portraits in there. And the way it's constructed, the way it comes together and the way it works, the way that Rembrandt uses the light and the, the shadows to create this drama and all this. You know, there's there's um, this is why you can't stop look, stop looking at art because there's there's all the. All the answers are there. You've got to look back at it and find out, right? How how do you how do you control these things? Mm.
0: I, I I I I think I might know the answers because i spoke to you about it before. But are there any real life situations that have inspired you in terms of painting? Yeah. I suppose the, the example I can think of it with the real life situations that comes to my mind is your stadiums. Yeah. Or, um, uh, have you got a favorite piece from your stadium work
1: well i think i, th- I think the, the talking about inspiration or talking about that thing is it's it's it, that's quite peculiar in some ways because i feel like what inspires me may not inspire other people we all have our own thing where you know you look at my paintings you look at somebody else's paintings it's going to be different subject matter it's going to be presented in a different way the colors are going to be different like there's, there's so many different ways you can do it and I feel like for me, there's there's always been something to do with atmosphere, or this communal gatherings, or this uh, this event, this sense for an event. Or there's I've always been really fascinated with like stories in paintings. And you know there's I've talked about I've talked about it on backflips um, the, the ambassadors by Hans Holbein the younger painted in the 1500s. Um, that painting, like the, the stories just within that painting, the little secret hidden meanings and the little messages that the artist puts in there um and the stories about the two ambassadors in the painting painting for me those are like i find those things inspiring so that's again what i feel like mine my work goes between those kind of two two avenues um but you know it's very it, it varies from person to person but you know but yeah it is that you know, in a stadium or, or some sort of event and people are getting together and there's a there's a there's an atmosphere I, I love it
0: yeah you mentioned earlier as well that um finding new artists is always like a refreshing thing. To, to see has there been any piece of work that you've seen recently that, that you've come across and has been blown away by?
1: Um, you know what actually there, there was a piece that um, yeah well there's a few I mean there's a there's a few I mean I'm always looking at stuff so I mean there's there's a there's an old art critic Matthew Collins who makes uh, who, during the lockdown he's been doing some uh, pencil drawings I love his work and there's, they're very much about art history and kind of uh, fictional kind of art history gatherings. And you know, his pieces of work that I've seen recently, like I love looking at his work. They they, to me are, they're looking at all the myths of an artist and of of the art world and uh, uh, culture and what it means. And, um, you know, I love looking at his work. Tim Stone was another artist. I'm a huge fan of the way he paints, the way he works. Um, So, I mean, yeah, but I mean, every day I'm looking at stuff. Tom Pringles today, he sent me a picture by Cecilia uh, Brown. Um, and I love it. It was fantastic. Very abstract piece, but the skill needed to produce a piece of artwork like that is, is phenomenal and it's just beautiful. And um, yeah, I mean, every day I'm trying to find, I'm, I'm looking at stuff and, and you know, getting, um, getting just, I, I, don't, I always feel it just drip feeds in. The more you, you, you don't necessarily, it's not like you just digest it all in one mouthful. It's like it just seeps in slowly through your skin and it's, it's stored somewhere in your body. Hopefully, it comes out your hand as your brush.
0: That's cool. Um, is there any anyone that you've not painted yet, or anything you haven't painted yet that you'd love to do? Maybe either live or, or from from photographs.
1: More ballparks would be number one, but that's 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 gonna that's gonna be you know in the future, hopefully. Um, no, I just want to keep going with with what I'm doing. I want to you know I, I, I'm. I want to travel more and paint more baseball and baseball culture around the world and sports culture lately in the UK, you might've seen I'm doing some things to do with like Sunday football, grassroots football. Um, you know, of course I, I saw you at the the battle of Britain baseball yeah. event a couple of weeks ago in Wolfram Abbey. And, um, yeah, I want to just paint more. I want, I want to see like, how do we relate to these, this game and, and, what does it mean to us and what does it mean to be together and, 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 uh, with, with other people and share an experience and compete and on and on and on, you know? Yeah, I day think.
0: Day. Yeah, I think one of the amazing things for actually me being able to see you paint live was just how s- not simple you made it seem, but like just the, the way you crafted it, like just there and then, like just popping over every now and then, like with a egg sandwich or whatever weird thing you're eating. Oh, <laughs> <Ugh>. disgusting. <laughs> um, sorry, egg sandwich lovers, but it's, it's only one type of egg sandwich and it's fried with bacon. Um, but. <laughs> You didn't pay for it. Um yeah, oh, see it lost me train the far now. This is why I shouldn't shouldn't waffle and try and be funny. I tell a joke before and it went right over everyone's head and I feel like a plank. But um yeah, just being able to see you you do what you do and just in intervals of going over and seeing how it develops and how it just expands was, was awesome. I'd love to see you do a few more of the British British grounds. And that's yeah. not just a an excuse to try and get up to Manchester for another for another yeah. a bit of a session. No,
1: that's 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 on the radar, you know. I've done I don't know nine different countries or whatever. I think I've, I you know I've done MLB London in this country and of course the Wolfram Abbey one the other day and yeah, of course I need to get to the others in this country now and see baseball here. So it's um yeah, you know there's there's a lot of painting still to do.
0: There is indeed. Andy, uh, that sort of brings me to the end of, of my questions. And, and in show tradition, I leave the last word open to the guest. So the floor's all yours, mate. Anything you want to say or, or, or shout out or promote before we, we back? No,
1: not really. Just, just thank you very much for having, for, uh, uh, for, for having me on. Thank you for listening. Um, and if people want to follow the progress, they can see that on my Twitter page, which is at Andy B is an artist. Um, and
0: and your website?
1: Website, andybrownstadiums.com. Um, but yeah, you should be able to track me down, I'm sure, if you, if you try hard
0: enough. Yeah, I will be able to find you. I'll, I'll retweet some, some bits and pieces for you there. Uh, as always, Andy, pleasure talking to you. It's like I only spoke to you before, but Bang um, man. yeah, really always, always a pleasure to have you on. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you very
1: much. You too. Take care.
0: Oh, before we part as well, dugoutclassics.com. That's how you can get involved in the prize draw for some of the stuff. Oh, yes. And uh, Yeah, oh, so cool. www.dugoutclassics.com. Right, mate, I'll check to you in a bit. Nice one. Cheers, mate ta